Thanks for joining us for the Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise. To contact us, call us at 208-331-4096. That number again is 208-331-4096. Now here's Joel Van Hoogen. Rahab was a person of peace in the city of Jericho, and to Rahab, God sent the Israelite spies. Before them, she makes her declaration of faith, and through them, they arrange to save her and her family from the destruction that's coming upon Jericho. Now, Rahab and the spies illustrate the mission of the Christian. We cannot produce by our own power the movement of faith that only God can produce by His Spirit to bring people to Himself. But our job is to go out and faithfully share Christ with others as we search and seek out the person of peace, the person God is bringing to himself. Today, I hope you'll appreciate the various stories that I share illustrating this reality of finding the person God is preparing for himself. We don't turn people to the Lord Jesus. We don't have to... We've got to figure out how to devise our message in such a way that they'll receive it and they'll listen to us. We've got to figure out just the right communication style. No, we're just looking for the person that God is already preparing. And God sovereignly and wonderfully and graciously, as we are in agreement with Him, will bring us to those individuals. And all through my ministry of 30 years of traveling overseas, and almost every place that I've been, I can think of one or two individuals who stand out in my mind as that person that God was preparing, that person of peace. You find that person, you remain with him, and I'll work through that individual. I just picked up our brother Jim Evans. Jim was coming in from the Philippines. Jim had a wonderful time of ministry. He was working in the same area. I remembered, I got thinking about the first time I worked in Cebu. And I worked in a church, which I have to tell you, was probably one of the most carnal, worldly churches I've ever been in. When you drove up to the church, you usually expect to work in these poor little churches. There were all these Cadillac Escalades, Cadillac Escalades parked out front. And I had found out that they had had a pastor prior to that, but decided they didn't like him. And so they actually hired armed guards to come and lead the pastor off the premises, you know, because these powerful men were running the church. I didn't know that at the time. I probably wouldn't have agreed to work with that church. We were working with it. Fortunately, I was the only one. I signed myself for that church. I let everybody else work in another group of churches that were very healthy churches, and we're still working with them. I went to this church. However, the very first day, we decided to give them some training on evangelism. And that day, one of these men had invited a friend to come. And he took the training as well. And during the training, he was wonderfully, powerfully saved. I didn't know that. He was the only person who made up appointments for us. The very next day, he's got a, I got my family. I'm inviting them all over. You come and visit my family. So I went to visit his family. And he explained to them who I was and what I'd come for and that he had never heard the gospel before yesterday. And yesterday, as he was teaching us how to share the gospel, I heard it for the first time. And I've given my life to Jesus. And you have to hear this message. You have to hear what God can do for you. And they all heard it and they all responded. And God gave us that person of peace. I remember being in Cali, Columbia. A young girl had only been a Christian for about three months. My first appointment that she had made was with seven of her friends. And she's introducing them to me. It's being translated to me what she's saying to them. And she says, you know, three months ago, my life changed. And you know my life is not what it had been. And I would have gone to you and brought you here at gunpoint. I wanted you so badly to hear what he's come to share with you. I shared the gospel with that, those individuals and... God found the person of peace. He brought us to the person of peace. And 
through that, God began to establish a work in that place. And I can just think of that over and over and over again. And I could tell you an illustration from my time in Brazil here, just this last time how God did that. The third thing that I want you to see here is I want you to see the surprising activity that rose out of Rahab's faith. Immediately having been found by God and brought to faith by God and brought forward in that faith by those that God sent to her, she gains a heart for God's people and those who are on mission for God. She receives those who are advancing God's kingdom in the spies. She is expressing to them her own faith story when they come, and she's not reluctant to tell it to them. They engage immediately in spiritual conversation with one another. She risked her own welfare and her own life to provide for them and watch over them and hide them and advance the cause that they're involved in. In other words, she becomes fully vested in their mission as she comes to Christ. And even becoming vested in the mission, she begins to seek in that mission salvation for her own family. She immediately begins to intercede for her own family and those around her that she might bring them into her household so that they might be saved as well. Do you see that? All these things that begin to rise up from this woman who'd come out of darkness. Now, she didn't do everything right. She lies, and she doesn't tell the truth, and she is a little bit subversive and sneaky and maybe a little manipulative, and it doesn't matter. She's come out of darkness, and in that moment, she's seeking to be a part of what God is doing. She's actively engaged in it. She's immediately entering into a spiritual conversation. She's seeking the salvation of her family. I was just in Brazil. A woman who had come to Christ from a church that we had helped plant a few years ago. This woman was a businesswoman. Her family owns a lot of holdings. Somehow, through some friend of this group that had come to Christ, she gave her life to Christ as well. And she opened up for the building for this church to meet in. But none of her family has followed. But while I was there, she heard that there was one night when I was free, she asked me to go and visit her family. It was about an hour and a half from where we were staying. It was uh, the last night I was going to be there. We drove out to her home. There is this lovely woman in a beautiful home on a beautiful estate. And there is her son and her daughter-in-law, her husband, and two of their business colleagues. She's prepared a meal for us. She encourages me to engage them in a conversation. Through the pastors come with us, we begin to dialogue with them. The time comes when the husband and the son and the daughter-in-law want to give their life to Christ. They're about ready to bow their heads to pray to receive Christ. The wife has been silent the whole time. And before they pray, she says, before you pray, I have, to, I have to tell you my story. I've been waiting to tell you my story. And she shares of how she gave her life to Christ and the transformation it's brought to her life, the joy that it's given her and the peace that it's given her. And she's giving witness to them before they pray. And for the very first time in this household, you can see they're listening to everything she has to say. They're taking her seriously. As she's done, we lead them in prayer, and it's as if what you're doing at that moment is as each one of them is coming to Christ, that they're being drawn together in a way they'd never been together before. It was a wonderful thing, a beautiful thing. Her passion from the moment she came to Christ, she said, was to pray over all of her children and her husband that they might realize what she had realized herself. That's what Rahab does. I want you to save my mother and my father and my sons. Fourth thing I just want you to see here is I want you to know, I want you to understand, I want you to get this straight. Rahab did not continue to be a harlot. She was changed. 
She ends up marrying one of the spies, Salmon. He never forgot the goodness and the graciousness. And he never lost his sense of thanksgiving that God had put her there for him. And that she remembered that God had set him there for her. It was through him that she was able to give her confession of faith. And it was through her that he is protected and delivered from the destruction of the king of Jericho. And Salmon, a prince in Israel, a prince of Judah, marries this woman Rahab. And she becomes, as a result, a grandmother, in a sense, to David. And she becomes a part of the lineage of our Lord Jesus Christ. This Rahab the harlot could be called instead Rahab a queen in Israel. She didn't remain what she was. She found God's grace. She found God's forgiveness. She found God's cleansing. She found the washing that comes to the blood that was shed for her. And, and, and maybe that is typified in that scarlet cord that she hung out her window to protect her and her family when the nation of Israel came against Jericho. By God, she's washed and she's cleansed and she's made a member of the family of God and she becomes the wife of this great prince in Israel. And God has, by His own Spirit, allowed her old occupation to be referenced Every time that we speak of Rahab. And I don't think it bothers Rahab at all. I think there's a certain level of joy in it. Because it's a testament of the amazing turnaround that comes by the grace and power of God alone. Who brought her out from what she was to make her what she is now. One of the saints gathered around the throne. One of the witnesses that stands above us giving witness to us of what a life of faith means. That we'll read about in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. The designation that's been given of her for us to repeat tells us what she once was, but what she is not. It's not a castigation against her. It's an expression to emphasize what she has become, an ironic declaration of what she's been made. It's not a slur. It's a praise to God. It's a praise to God. Rahab the harlot. What's left for us in all of this? Well, very quickly, all of us have this kind of surprising faith. Not one of us can think that we became believers or came to Jesus Christ. If you have, that you came to it by the natural course of your reasoning, by the natural history that God gave you, because He gave you just the right parents, that's not what brought you. God brought you. God orchestrated everything to bring you. If you're not there, God has to. You cry out to Him to mercifully break your heart and cause you to throw yourself upon him alone and say that you are God in heaven and in earth. You throw yourself upon him. So what's left to people like that? And by the way, all of us could get a tag on our name as well. If you think about it, I'm not going to give it for you. That would probably not be a good idea. But all of you could tag yourself with some sin that God wonderfully saved you out of. And it could remain as a tag to tell you what you were, but what you're not anymore. Let me give you three points of application, just very briefly. Number one, we must go forward to find the next person that God is preparing. We must look for the person of peace around us. And the only way to do that is to talk often to all God puts around you. Number two, we must go to those who are beyond us. In other words, those who are outside of our own society, who we might think might never come to Christ. 
Those individuals who are outstanding in their sin. We must go to those because they're outstanding examples of the kind of individuals that Christ has come into the world to save. To the least of these. Number three, we must receive with a blessing and with hospitality and with fellowship those who are on the cutting edge of spying out new territory for Christ's kingdom. Keep the missionary in mind here, folks. Keep those who are advancing the gospel in these places. The person who's committed themselves to that exercise. Make it your commitment to fellowship with them and to offer provision for them and to risk your well-being for that mission. Rahab did. Rahab the harlot did in Jericho. Let's bow our heads. How we thank you, O God, for the impulse of Rahab having come to faith in you, having given her word of testimony that she sought the assurances of security that are found in being brought into the people of God. And she sought those assurances for her family and for those that she cared for and loved and those within her own household. And we do the same right now. We think of mothers and fathers and husbands and wives, of children, aunts and uncles and cousins, nephews and nieces. Thanks for joining us for Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. For a copy of this broadcast, just call us at 208 331 4096. Until the next time, God bless you.